TheItSpot.com Shake and bake, mama. I'm pressing buttons. I'm the word whore. And you are listening to the fabulous Air Out My Shorts. Spectacularly fabulous. Did I say that with the right kind of enthusiasm? Absolutely. So much energy in that I couldn't even believe it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Straight gin. Mm. I love gin, but I'm not allowed to drink it anymore. Mm. Makes me do bad things. Bad things. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't surprise anybody. What's going on? What's shaking? Uh, well, I've actually been uh, sort of doing some work. Good. Sort of work or sort of getting work and working hard at it after you sort of get it. Uh, that's closer to the truth. Although I've only done it a couple of times. I have been I have been working as a as a laborer on some film, well, not technically, or not necessarily film sets, but for the construction department. What do you mean by laborer? That's that's not a film title thingy that I know of. It, uh... Like, based... don't you have one of those other names, like well, grip technically, or boy or something? Well, it's called craft service labor, but that's not to be mistaken with craft services as in the food. Oh, it's so confusing. Why can't they just call things by what they are? I still don't know what a fucking grip or a best boy is. Um... And why is the food called craft services? I have no idea. So fucked up. I guess because the film is the craft and you're serving it. I really couldn't tell you what the the whole deal with that is. Maybe somebody can call in and tell us. Uh, Why it's named that way? Yeah. I don't think there is an answer for a lot of that. I'm sure there's a history behind it. There is, but in a lot of cases, it's really something stupid. Like someone just said the word one day and it stuck. Or maybe originally it was sponsored by Kraft. Well, it's not spelt with a K, so I doubt that's the case. Okay. But regardless, uh, I've I've only done a few days and they almost killed me because <laughs> is uh, truly the the most physically intense stuff that I've done in my life. That should be good for you. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think you've ever really had a physical labor kind of job. Not that I know of. You know, I was thinking that I hadn't, but that's not true. Because when I was out of high school, I did an awful lot of temp jobs, many of which were unloading trucks and stuff. True. So everyone... And I assume your job at the grocery store probably was somewhat physical. Yes, somewhat. Not that, not that much. But these ones came afterwards, and some of them were really actually quite hard. I know everyone thinks that I'm completely sedentary, but it's not entirely true. Yeah, well, you do have that look about you. I do. Even when I was doing uh, kickboxing, I did. <laughs> the most sedentary kickboxer of all time. Yeah. Uh, so, but, I mean, it, it is good. The thing is, is really, really brutal. And I haven't got a call for several days now. So. Does that mean you fucked up? Uh, no. 
I've actually done pretty good, actually, the uh, huh, jobs that I've done. And it's been remarked. That oh, being said, I'm you just... have to, um, you know, if I'm actually to get in shape doing it, I have to maintain X amount of hours of doing it. Of course. Or else I'm just going to be, it's going to be like I've never done it every time I walk in, you know. Yeah. And I'm not the strongest person on the planet. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no offense, but, you know, I'm not either, so. I tell you, though, but I, I, after three days of, of stuff, the marks on my body are uh, remarkable. Cool. Just of, uh, of like, you, scrapes. Like yeah. Awesome. Covered in scrapes and impact marks where, you know, big pieces of steel have hit me in the chest and stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's not. I, you know, I wouldn't mind a different kind of job. Although I gotta say, I've done you know this kind of work for a very little money, and you know, two, two and a half days of this. If if I did that a week, would be more than than any salary I salary job that I've had for twenty years. Yeah, but you're at the mercy of the call, right? Yes, which sucks, but. There will be a time when I'll be called regularly, and I'll be making shitloads of money. Good. Yay! Yay, if I survive. You'll survive. Let's let it be good news. I think we should let it be good news. We have to, because I've got nothing but bad news. Yes. Nothing but shit coming from my end of the block. And things seem so positive. Yes, and now I feel like a complete fucking tool for all that happy, yay, happy, happy, high hopes bullshit that I was spewing last episode because it has all gone south in a big fucking hurry. This, I'm praying you remember this reference because it was either a movie or a TV episode of something sci-fi-ish where they were waking up people who had been cryogenically frozen. And I have no fucking recollection of what show or movie this was. Star Trek The Next Generation? They'd wake them up and all they would do was just scream bloody murder, scream their heads off. Oh, no. So they had to put them back to sleep. I don't know if this was some sort of like spoof sci-fi skit or something or whether it was an X-File episode. If if it was an X-File episode, I would probably know where it came from. Anyway, that's what's happening to me. It's the only thing I can use to describe it, so I need to find out what the reference is from. I got all excited that this electrotherapy was waking up my nerves. And yesterday, when I turned my head and threw up in the middle of it, uh, (laughs) we turned the machine off and then we sat down and had a big, long, awful chat, which was basically that, um, oh, you're typing Googling, right? I am, yes. Um, the whole idea that just because I could suddenly feel things I couldn't feel before meant I would eventually be able to regain some mobility was just a fucking pipe dream that I brewed up in my head somehow and misunderstood. Because you you actually said something last episode about the tendon 
issue. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not even attached. Like there's nothing in there that's ever going to let me move it. So the thought that that was even possible, I don't even know how I came to that conclusion. So they had to break it to me all over again that, yeah, we're really not in the business of causing pain. <laughs> this is not going very well. And they felt guilty because I was getting all excited watching the electro thing move the finger around. And that's that's just like an involuntary reaction. You know, it's like the equivalent of a corpse. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's electricity. It doesn't mean shit. So anyway, I swear I'm having total deja vu because I think I said this a year ago. We're now completely re-evaluating the course of treatment and back to ignore the fucking finger. Let's make, you know, let's try to regain strength and mobility and reduce pain in the rest of it. And they're saying the best hope for that is to get the finger off of there. Mm. which I'm just not prepared to do at this stage. I'm going to need more time to think about it. So, yeah. So I'm going to go. We basically did uh, two sessions a week for the last four weeks, and now we're moving me down to just one session a week, and that's going to be just solely, you know, focused on my wrist and the rest of the hand and the rest of the fingers and trying to stop it from cramping up and seizing up and freezing up. So that I stop dropping stuff and bursting into tears five times a day. That's the new plan. Yay. But, uh, yeah, as, as I think I either drunkenly posted last night or texted or something, I really got to get, <laughs> I really got to get internet connections away from me when I've been drinking. Um, I, uh, my current objective is back to where it was three months ago, which is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride out the winter, see how it goes. And then if, when I'm still in this blinding pain situation, I'm going to fly up to Canada and, uh, find me a doctor to nip it off Hmm. and that'll be fun. And then we'll have a big party. And we'll bronze it and make a little trophy out of it and have another raffle. When you wear it around your neck like a no, Vietnam I, veteran. No, I actually like the idea of, you know, shipping it to my dad and having him chrome it and then putting it on a little pedestal and raffling it off next summer. <laughs> <laughs> the second ever air out my short summer raffle. Win the word horse pinky. Come on, it's funny. It'd make a cool-looking trophy. Mm. Are you flushing a toilet? No, the people upstairs are. Oh, we had an Archie Bunker moment. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my big long story, and I'm just I'm so tired of my own whining. I want closure, but I'm just too fucking chicken shit to do it yet. So everybody's just gonna have to bear with me for a few more months. Yeah, well, you know. I uh, I can't imagine being in your shoes. Well, there are so much worse things that could happen. Oh, of that, course there are. But I, it that just makes matter. me feel like a baby. It makes me feel like a whiny baby. Today, when I woke up and realized I had drunkenly posted all that shit last night, I felt sick to my stomach. Not 
not as I do all the time now, but just from, you know, the outpouring of, of nice words. And one of them from a woman who is a, a dear, dear friend who had had a mastectomy last year is, you know, giving me all this like, oh, you poor thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I, you should just hit me in the head with a big rock. You know, like this is nothing. It's just a stupid little finger. I like the comments yeah. from people. I, I like all the comments from people who, people who clearly have not read a single post on your Facebook before. I know. They're so confused. They're so confused. Oh, no. What happened to your hand? I know. What's going on? Or worse. No, the, the one I saw from um, Mrs. Thurston which was, I think, the most recent. That's when I closed my computer and went downstairs because my uh, I was just a mess and tired of feeling like such a heel for people just being so out of the loop. It, she clearly thinks I mean the whole hand. So then I just, I, I just felt like shit and I had to run away for a little while. Anyway, it's... Yeah. You know, it drives me crazy, though, it, like, you know... Getting on to a new subject, just people who do post things on Facebook, and it's like, clearly you've never read anything I've posted. Why don't you, like, if someone posts something where I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, I go on their profile and I look for references to try to right. figure out, because I don't want to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, before um, you say, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You don't care, though, so what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, figure it out. Also... When someone posts posts a reference to something or makes a quote, don't go, what's that from? Right. Google. <laughs> or it just obviously doesn't apply to you, so ignore yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've come to the conclusion I really need some sort of alcohol level lockout on all of my... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's comes without a question, of course. It's got to stop. I am the worst for drunken texting and waking up in the morning and going, oh, my God, what what was going on in my head when I sent that? You know, thank God I usually don't do it on Facebook. But last night, something just went horribly wrong in my head. <laughs> I think I have it stuck in my head that that we record on Tuesdays. So now I just instead sit where I normally sit when we record and I just <laughs> do stupid shit on my computer and that has to stop. And and talking to the mic that isn't plugged in. Or worse, call into TTN and make a total fucking ass of myself. Yeah, uh, I'm behind on, the, on oh, them. So. Don't even listen to it. It's so humiliating. That has to stop. I really have to stop until I pull my head out of my own ass and learn to pick up a fucking newspaper once in a while. I cannot call into that show because I know going in, they're going to ask me hard questions about politics and what movies I've watched <laughs> about and, the news. And my answer is always going to be, I don't fucking know. I'm apparently living under a rock and just feeling sorry for myself drinking myself after death i don't fucking know i have nothing to contribute <laughs> i don't know why i keep now there's a quote i know it's but it's funny because it's true <laughs> anyway we should read a story because this is there at my shorts and that's what we do here and people don't tune in to hear me whine Ow. or you nursing all your heavy lifting manly man work wounds yeah 
I actually, you know what, I had to... very proud of you. Pardon, what was that? I said, I'm very proud of you. Oh, I thank you. One of the uh, shows that I worked on was Nikita, which is based on La Femme Nikita. They did it, I don't know, I want to say that they did it sometime in the, the late 90s or something like that. They did one show a while ago, and now this is a newer version. A little more based on the movie, I think. Uh, but I seem to remember uh, Patty Mack being a big fan of Nikita. Well, then he's the only one I know. Anyway, I guess it was fairly popular. Anyway, they're doing it again. I think he just liked the chick. Maybe that's why I didn't like it, because I didn't like her. No, uh, two of you don't have the same taste at all. No, I know. Anyway, I was working on that show. That's the point of this. And I was moving around uh, these wooden frames that had been sprayed with concrete, which, let me tell you, even a spraying of concrete is not fucking light. And these, these wooden frames were not light to begin with. It's pretty brutal. But I just realized uh, today when I, I pulled the T-shirt out uh, to put on to wear today, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, must have been the one that I was wearing that day. It was all crusty? Yeah, the whole front of it's like it's kind of solid with this uh, like concrete that's been set by me washing it into the awesome. shirt. It almost stands straight. Cool. So you could wear that shirt and... Um... It would be like kind of lifting weights with your body. Yeah, and if people tried to stab me, uh, I'd be protected. Oh, good point. Hmm. Anyway, so we got a story here. And I'm going to be back in three seconds to read it because I am thirsty. Okie dokie. Ah. Woohoo! Loud fridge noise coming at you. She opens up her chest of beer. There's nothing else in it. Hmm? Nothing. All right, so we got something here that says, It's way too long, running at 2,000 plus words, but it's all I have right now. Read it if you guys want to or don't. And that is... We decided we do. We decided we do. Uh, We'll be breaking it up, but uh, uh, this is by... uh, be doomed, long-time listener, long-time contributor. And this is Apathy and Atrophy. Excellent and appropriately themed for this episode. Yes, by Brian Lieberman. I really hope this story is not about my fucking hand. <laughs> I raise my head from its prostate position on my desk. So please explain to me again why I haven't been accepted. We here at the University of Sterling strive for only the highest echelons of excellence. And once again, I apologize, but you simply did not make the cut. I if read you that have... differently. Oh, would you read? Uh, Beast simply did not make the cut. <laughs> it was just, uh, I, don't know. I, was add- hmm. I was adding letters, that's all. Yes. If you have further questions, I can either translate you. No. (laughs) If you have further questions, I can either transfer you to the Office of Student Relations, or if you would like to, you could... I angrily press end on my phone and continue to do so until the phone application finally shut down. Finally shuts down, I assume. We should really post an unedited version of this show sometime. 
The maze of automation and tin voice secretaries that I have been navigating for the past hour and a half was beyond infuriating. And to end up right back where I started after all of, of that would most likely have caused a heart attack. Press 1 for English. Press 3 for application services. Enter your application number and press pound. Let me transfer you to the other useless department. The banality of bureaucracy, the factory of customer service. I deal with that all the time. I was just going to say, I think you worked for both of those places. I I have both. (laughs) I've been on both sides of that uh, coin. Me too. Music pumps in through the hallway, emanating from the common room. What would normally be some decently relaxing electronic is pierced with the ear-shattering high-pitched babble of sorority girls. I've never heard that sound before. No, that would make your life too blessed. (laughs) Finding me transported from the world of electronically transmitted babble to the world of babble-infused electronic, the desk calls back to my head. What? I don't know. It's just the punch in the face that prompts me to take another swig of my beer. At least the beer loves me, if only sarcastically. It's bitter, spicy, and smooth. My beer loves me, too. (laughs) Something makes me get up to rejoin the party. Maybe it's a masochistic sense of duty, or maybe it's just my now-empty beer. I half trudge, half stumble, into the kitchen. I grab a bottle out of the fridge and turn around to survey the party. Half a dozen brunettes still scattered about the common room, chattering like cicadas at night. One of my roommates, Dylan, has enveloped himself in the conversation, snuggled with his girlfriend on our couch. To his credit, however, he looks up at me, concerned. Our brief psychic conversation allows me to tell him, no, I did not get into the summer program. He offers me a pained look, to which I respond with a shrug. It's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Life goes on. He shrugs as well and dies back into the conversation. Their babble is like a siren song. How I wish I could give myself over to utter banality and gossip. But security precludes those things, and boy, am I insecure. Boy, howdy. These women have their futures laid out in front of them. A simple red... What's wrong with me? Start with the these women. I'm seeing... Sorry, I'm seeing spots again. It's okay. There was a little bit of a digital meow on one of the words. These women have their futures laid out in front of them. A simple regimen to follow. They are all on tracked majors with clear goals and decent jobs waiting for them. Or perhaps what my mother once called a Mrs. Degree. (laughs) But me, an English major? My major was no clear goal, no clear track, nothing. My major has no clear goal. My major has no clear goal, no clear track, nothing. And isn't that so true? It's so true. Maybe I was having so much trouble reading it because it was way too speaking to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't this know. episode's either going to be called Deja Vu or Apathy and Atrophy. Yeah. 
An English degree may be worth nothing, but not having a degree is worse. Good point. <laughs> it's something I always knew. It's just slightly worse, though. Eh, no, nah, it's, it's, it depends. My English degree has done absolutely nothing for me. It has nothing to do with anything I do. No, but you know what? There's a lot of things that I've looked at that if I had a degree, I could actually apply for them, but I can't. The thing is, is I can't even you, get... You can have mine. <laughs> I'm not using it. I, uh... <laughs> Feel free. You know, I can't it... even teach English in another country. I mean, I can, but I can't do... I can't get a certification for it without actually having a BA. I don't think I want people running around in another country having been taught English by you. My English is pretty good. It's excellent. That's not what I mean. I don't know what you're saying then. I think you would te you'd teach them really naughty phrases. Oh, well, they, they, all, they already know the naughty phrases. That's I don't, true. I don't think that's, they have to be That's the that. only thing I ever learn in other languages is naughty phrases. And where's the bathroom? Yes, well. And, and ordering food. I can order a lot of food in different languages. Hmm. I had a path once. Slave through high school, college, grad school, get a high-paying job based on a piece of paper that says I did what exactly? I remember the slow realization that dawned over me during my first few days here at the university. The realization that my skills were not so well suited for that high-paying job that I had been convinced awaited me. So what am I doing here? Sure, I work now and then. But really, that piece of paper that I'll get only says I will have done just what these women were doing. Party, gossip, babble, laugh, cry, anything but work. However... Oh, it's uh, making me sad. It's making me sad because this is like really what he's going through right now. Yeah, he just graduated was... and now he's a delivery boy. This is making me sad. <laughs> Yep. I'm sorry, be doomed. If I wish I had a job I could hire him for. Mm. Yeah, that's the problem. Everyone says that. I wish I could hire you to do something. I know, but I mean it. It's a heartfelt. If I had a dime, I'd hire him to do something. However, ask me what life is like these days, and I'll say busy or work or any other number of things to make it seem like my time here at the university is being put to good use. Make my parents believe that my time here is worth the money they are shoveling at me. I'd like to believe it's worth it, but is it? Is it really? Am I merely delaying my inevitable foray into the adult world, into the workforce, into... Into what? Truth is, I'm scared. I want to stay here, in the midst of my peers. We're all scared. How did our parents do what we are about to do? How much is our time here worth in the real world? Why can't we just stay in this limbo of education? I don't want to get on the bus, Mom. I'm scared. Can't I just stay home? Shit, a morbid countdown to the death of my childhood. It's the end of my junior year, and I don't know what to do with my life. Wow. Oh, oh this is killing me. I feel like I'm speaking my to stomach, the masses. My stomach hurts. 
This is deep. This is deeper than I expected. Be doomed. Be doomed. Be doomed. Well, with a name like Be Doomed. <laughs> you be doomed. No, he's going to do great things. I have high hopes for that boy. He's had a really good education of seven years worth of hair on my shorts. Huh. And that should be on his resume. <laughs> what if we did this to him? Sorry, there, there are. It must be cat fucking season. Doesn't that only happen in the spring? Mm, I'm pretty sure it happens all the time. Okay. I can't hear. Can't hear anything. I'm hearing nonstop sounds of cats fucking outside. It's making me jealous. Oh, well, stop talking for a second. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to hear it on the recording, but I can kind of hear. I have cat fucking envy. <laughs> Where are we? I spend another minute looking at nothing in particular and decide to go back to my room. No, sir, I'm sorry, but you do not have the necessary prerequisites to take that course in the fall. Yes, that's what I told you online, which is why I'm calling you. The course you say I need beforehand doesn't exist on the course list, so obviously I couldn't take it in the spring either. Now could I? I don't know what to tell you, sir. I could perhaps, at least they're calling him sir. That's got to count for something. It's got to feel a little bit better. Well, he's from the south, so they always say sir or ma'am. He is? Yeah. We're not sure about that, are we? We know he went to school in Gainesville, but we don't know where he's from originally. I think he's from Atlanta, or not Atlanta, but Georgia. He doesn't have a southern accent. Uh, well, maybe he works to, to not have one. I would. You should. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, sir. I could perhaps transfer you to the Office of Student Relations. I stare at my wall, my head overflowing with contempt, and press end on my phone with a sigh of resignation. Can someone die from redundancies? You look like you could use a vent, dude. It's Dylan, looming in my doorway. He scratches his thick brown hair while a half-smile threatens to grow to a full grin. Comedy is a powerful cushion to reality. Meh. <laughs> Go ahead. Meh. I sigh. <laughs> I was just saying. I'll get you, Batman. <laughs> the Batman uh, movie was on, actually. I watched two minutes Which of it. Which one? The. That doesn't narrow it down at all. There uh, are so many. Well, actually, I believe it's called the Batman movie. Oh. It's uh, the one from the 60s, Adam West. Mm. Gotcha. And uh, gotta say that the Catwoman in that, who is not Julie Newmar. I can hear you Googling. I am. <laughs> Sorry, let me just... Who would have thought if you could go back 20 years and say that... that I can hear you Googling would make any sense to any human being. Yeah, well, 
it's uh it's strange that it's become i told someone to go google something on youtube <laughs> that's funny that's funny uh, stupid and funny yeah it was just like what the fuck what a, what a dumb yeah you're using it as a replacement for search yeah it uh who knows maybe it will okay lee merriweather that's who is Catwoman in that um, i don't know who that is there were three cat women there's eartha kit julie newmar eartha Nina- kit's the only one i acknowledge uh, I love Eartha Kitt. Lee Merriweather. She looked fantastic. She looked like the best looking. I, I don't know if she's just in the movie or if she was in the series at all. But man, talk about she looked the best in that cap suit. Okay, well, I'll have to look that up. All I know is I think Eartha Kitt had the coolest voice in the whole entire universe. Yes, and she was probably a better Catwoman. But just in terms of, of filling out the cat suit and looking fantastic in it, Lee Merriweather was great. Better than Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, and she's usually the one held up as the the sexiest looking, I think. But yeah. Anyway, uh we were reading a story, I think. Were we? I don't know what the fuck it had to do with uh Batman. Me me neither. But, you know. I, I, oh, go, the I go with the flow. <laughs> Meh. Meh. I sigh. I don't vent. Venting is just complaining. Venting is complaining. Complaining is useless. Oh, man. This story is speaking to me on all planes. Mm. What was that Aurelius quote again? The take away the complaint one? Something about you being a bitch, Dylan says, smirking. The prick never wastes a chance to jab at me, but neither do I. No, seriously, complaining is dumb, for fuck's sake. I'm an upper-middle-class, young, white male in a prestigious university. What the fuck excuse do I have to complain? You're still mortal, he offers. Barely. You aren't getting laid? Transient experience. What does that mean? Dylan ponders on another ridiculous excuse to offer, but I've decided I've had enough. Normally, we'd go on like this for at least another ten minutes, and sporadically on and off for another hour. I'm going to go for a ride, I say, standing up. Dylan shrugs as he turns around and leaves. Fuck you, dude. He offers from the hallway. I smile. Yeah, fuck you too. Bum bum bum. Or should that be forget you? No, it's fuck you too. <laughs> I should re- I should edit this and send it back to him. <laughs> forget you, dude. <laughs> well, that was the first half of Apathy and Atrophy by Brian Lieberman. And it's to be continued on the next episode of Air Out My Shorts, which also, by the way, is the episode on which we will announce the winner of the Air Out My Shorts raffle, first ever summer raffle ever. Ever. Bum, bum, bum. 
I'm excited. Aren't you excited? I'm excited. I'm very excited. Are you happy with the ticket sales? I'm pleased anyone bought any. Yes. But yes. Uh, but of course, I'm, more would be better. But I'm not completely satisfied with the painting prize yet. So, yeah, I'm stressing myself a, a little bit about the clock ticking down and that I have to finish it really, really fast. Oh, I thought you were done. No, it's not done. It's not done. There's still, there's too much. I, I made the mistake of using metallic silver paint and every time I do that, I regret it. And now the shimmer of it is bothering me. So now I want to fix it. But yes, um, it will be finished and it will be shipped after we announce the winner and find out where that winner lives. Better hope they're in North America. God, I do hope so. I'm going to actually start to cry if it's someone in somewhere far away, even though I'm so thrilled that tickets were bought very far away. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you can always send it like the cheapest, cheapest way, and it'll take six months to get there. But I th- oh, I th- that's true. I think that's- it's reasonable. That could buy me some time. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be really, really fun to to draw that name. Hey, uh, should we make a phone call? We should, but I should pee first, or otherwise I'm going to pee in my pants. Okay. Okay. Boom. Silent. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm in Paris, my dear. Shut up. For real. What are you doing in Paris? Just coming back from a wonderful dinner. Oh. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so jealous. I could die. Because she'll never say it. You're actually on the air with pressing buttons and the word whore. Ah. Oh. My favorite pair. Yay. <laughs> How long have you been in Paris? Just for the day. I was in London yesterday, and tomorrow I'm in Brussels, and the day after that I'm in Amsterdam. Oh, you fucker. I assume it's work. <laughs> it's work, but then uh, next week I'm all along the uh, the British West Coast golfing. Mm. A little bit of decadence. Yay. 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 Are you alone? I'm alone. Tragically so. But... So we've we've caught you at a perfect time. <laughs> Why, you have somebody you're going to send to my room? <laughs> of course. I, I know lots of tarts in Paris. I will send them all <laughs> post-haste. I believe that's the case, word or. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of true. You have them lined up all over the globe, I understand. I got a girl in every port. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that you're living the James Bond lifestyle, at least. Uh, I, I do my best. I do my best. I took the bullet train here from uh, from London. It was a fabulous experience, that is. Countless hours you save uh, going out to the airports that are miles from downtown. Two hours, 15 minutes. Downtown to downtown London, Paris. That's that's the way it should be. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Yes. Where did you have dinner? Where did I have dinner? I went for drinks at the uh, Café du Flo. 
mm. which is uh, right uh, on uh, Boulevard Saint Germain, um, a classic, classic spot in uh, in the Quartier uh, Latin, the Latin Quarter, in Paris, which probably was featured in a movie they did uh, about a year ago called Midnight in Paris, where uh, I think it was. Uh, Owen, uh, what's yeah, anyway. the big nose dude. Owen, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. He, he, you know, went back in time and ran into Hemingway and, and, and all the famous... And Toulouse-Lautrec. Uh, right, uh, Toulouse-Lautrec, uh, uh, Picasso, and you name it. They were all there. I the didn't little... know you spoke French so well. A petit peu. Ooh. <laughs> Say something really dirty in French. <laughs> This is a G-rated show. I don't think I should. It's not a G-rated show. <laughs> we once talked about pulling Lego out of your ass. Oh, come on. Well, then, then I'll sing uh, an old classic song. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? <laughs> You've just been running around saying that all day, haven't you? <laughs> Sometimes it works, you know. It's all a numbers game. You say it enough times, you'll get slapped. But occasionally, <laughs> somebody will say, "I'm in." <laughs> um, we uh, we were reading a, a story that uh, about a guy who's uh, very unhappy at university. You don't strike me as the type who was very unhappy at, at college. I was wondering. No, do, not do you, on the contrary. I, I I'm contrary. wondering wondering if you can share a, a, one of your favorite stories. Favorite stories from university. I, well, I, I know I this is probably for... a long list. I'm sure. <laughs> I uh, I lived in a house with five guys, um, uh, and you've met a couple of them actually. And uh, we had uh, this big old rambling house right on the edge of the campus, and it was called the Edge. Uh, the house. It was uh, one of these houses that had been passed down for generations, known for its partying. People would show up at our house. And just say, well, I know this house has good parties, so can I come in? And it reached a point where we, we had so many uh, uh, police interventions that we started to charge. We had tickets to get into our parties. Nice. We charged eight bucks for guys and three bucks for girls. And we invited 120 girls and about 70 guys. So Perfect. we made the odds stack in our favor. And with that money, we hired the biggest ass security guard you could possibly imagine to work the front door so that nobody could get in and we could keep it contained. And yet, despite that, the police would invariably show up. So whenever the police showed up, of the five of us who lived in this house, the one who was the most drunk, stammering, they would have to throw out onto the porch and say, you deal with the police. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, I had my uh, turn. Uh, at this game, and of course, you know, being a, a, a smart mouth university student, I said, "You guys have a warrant. What are you doing here?" And they just <laughs> ripped me a new asshole. Told me a hundred different ways they could shut me down. And after they finished their tirade, they wandered off and left us alone, which was pretty cool. But uh, that was a, one of the fun stories, and all the stories that emanated from those parties are many. What was your major? My major. I managed to get a university degree without ever writing a single paper. Fuck off. Can you imagine that? I have a degree in mathematics and statistics. Nice. So you get textbooks. You read them. If you get it, you write the tests. 
You don't ever go to class. You don't ever write a paper. It's all quantitative. You can tell your teacher to fuck off. And if you got the answer right, they can't do anything about it. That was what I loved about it. And if, did... if you don't get it, then you switch majors and take philosophy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where I did, did you... actually take the philosophy of logic. Where did you go to school? It, it was almost math. It was like math in English. That's what I did. That, that was my school in years. And, and uh, what's interesting for me right now is uh, this past weekend, I uh, drove my son off to university and, oh. and he began. So the circle of life continues. Ouch. <laughs> so this is like the son of Stifler or something like that. <laughs> no, I was picturing more yeah. of a sort of Lion King moment, but... Um... <laughs> I forgot. I, I, I moved recently from ha- from one house to another and ended up packing the shit of most of my kids. And uh, I packed one item of my son's that he'd errantly left tucked under his bed. And uh, I was going to bring it to him at university, and I forgot to bring him his hookah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't porn? Under his bed. <laughs> no, no. That, that I would have kept. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go to university? I went to the University of Western Ontario in London, Ontario. I thought Waterloo was better for math. It was, but uh, but Western was better for, better for partying. So uh, I was a huge disappointment to my parents. I got accepted to McGill and, and Queens and, uh, and uh, a couple other schools for engineering. I was going to be the, the prodigal son, the engineer. And at the last minute, literally on the first week of September, I said, I'm bailing. I'm going to Western, I'm going to party. And I got in the car and I left and they were distraught. But Aww. I actually got a degree, so. And where did your son go? He's gone to Queens, in Kingston, Ontario. Lovely little town. Never really oh. explored that town, but it's uh, it's pretty. On the lake, it's really small, so it's a real university town. He's going to have a hoop. I'm sure he's already having a great time. I'm sure he's having a great time. Yeah, but you absolutely. must miss him like crazy. Well, you know what? I'm on the road a lot, as you can tell. Uh, hey, he's so, in Paris right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not missing you, okay? <laughs> so, oh, I, uh, <laughs> does that hurt? It does hurt. Doesn't that it? hurts. Yeah, I know. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Yes, well. I'm sure I'll wake up one day and realize he's been gone too long, and I'll miss him. But right now, I'm sure he's having a great time, and I'm having a great time. So. Okay, well, hopefully he doesn't listen to the show and he won't know Daddy doesn't miss him. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to play Disco Lou until he's old enough. <laughs> exactly. So when are you coming back to my neck of the woods? Boy, I don't have any immediate plans for that, but uh, I'd, I'd love to do that when it starts to get cold, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, that was a fun, albeit brief, and... Uh, Still trying to do some business for the company, right? Right, uh, you know, ten minutes from you, and if that percolates back to life, I'll be down there for sure. Okay, good. But I'm, um, I'm I just want to do it. Uh, yeah, no, I'd love to come down and uh, and stay for a couple of days, stay for a weekend kind of thing, and uh, explore. That would be fun. Sounds good. That'd be fun. You'll have to let me know when you're in yeah. my neck of the woods again. You can go out for a drink. I don't even know where that is anymore. Yeah, it's downtown. <laughs> Where do you hang your hat? Where, where in the town? Where, where can I just stumble onto you? Like I, I don't have a destination you'll, anymore. You'll, you'll find me at uh, mostly in the King and Bathurst area, 
drinking? Well, I mean, my office is on Peter, right? It's uh, it's pretty damn close to that. Yeah. Oh, you're very your, close. Check your local exactly. gutters. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, look look the streets. You'll see me. Okay. Okay. Well, let, let me know where you are. I mean, I'm I'm downtown. When I'm in town, I'm downtown all the time. So I'm up for that all uh, for sure. We can get totally to, get that. together with Barabbas. <laughs> So after this week of, uh, of uh, very hard work, um, I then go uh, golfing, as I mentioned, and, and I'm meeting 20 guys. Uh, and we're going and, and tearing up a few little towns along the English coast, mm. playing golf by day and drinking heavily at night. And uh, I'm quite looking forward to it. That sounds awesome. We have one, we have, we have one guy on the trip. And we, we've all, we've been doing this trip for like a dozen years. Every two years we go somewhere, it's either England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, uh, golfing. And one of the guys on the trip, he's, uh, he's a very talented musician. He's, he's one of these guys with every instrument you can imagine in his basement. And he can pick up any one of them and, and sound like a, a gifted player. So wherever we end up, uh, invariably there's there's some piano sitting in the corner of the bar, and this guy'll sit down. He can play anything. You you just have to walk up and say, "Hey, do you know this song?" And and, and hum a few bars, and he'll go, "Oh yeah, I remember that." And he'll start banging it out, and it always rallies the bar around, and people are shouting, "You know, can you play this and play that?" It gets everyone going. It's uh, it's, uh, it's it's good fun to have uh, have this kind of trip. We decided that if you ever fell on hard times, we'd all pitch in and make sure that we can make it make it uh, on the trip with us. But one time we were in this bar, and it's a big group of guys, right? So it's pretty intimidating. A whole party of women on a stagette shows up. We, oh we were, we were, God! We were in heaven, right? <laughs> These girls were loaded. They were loaded. They had little devil horns on that <laughs> they were wearing. Okay. And uh, so we're all like immediately pairing up and chatting and chatting and chatting. And I look over at the piano player. He's got a woman sitting on his lap, straddling him, arms around him, facing him, kissing him. And while she's doing that, his arms are around her waist and he continues to play. (laughs) (laughs) That's dedication. Sitting there, making out, and he didn't miss a note on these songs he was just the consummate performer <laughs> the funny thing is is i i hear him in my head when you're telling the story i hear him playing a like honky tonk <laughs> i'm sure he wasn't no, he like... can pl- he can play anything he can play bohemian rhapsody down to the you know the the note uh, of every nuance mm-hmm. uh, you just name a song this guy can play it's a, it's good fun so we drink too much, and we uh, and we golf all day, and we bet lots of money, and um, probably uh, uh, annoy a lot of people. But when we get really particularly annoying uh, in in a, in a bar, we we tell them we're American. <laughs> yes, that's always a good plan, <laughs> always. And it's fair because many Americans traveling pretend they're Canadians so that they're treated better. Exactly, and when we are really arrogant and loud, we we tell them we're American. <laughs> Fair is fair. Oh, I think we lost him. You there? We, we lost him. Yeah, we lost him. It's fine. He's super drunk. Um, yeah. Uh, so there you go. That was Disco Lou. That was Disco Lou. And I don't think we ever said that during the phone call. No, he did. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, thank you, Disco Lou. And goodbye and uh, safe travels.
Let's wrap this motherfucker up. Okay, so that was episode 160 of Air Out My Shorts. Now officially keeping right in time with being 100 episodes. Episodes behind Total Talk Nonsense and proud of it. Bringing you nonstop shit about nothing remotely close to current events or politics. Sometimes as often as twice a month. <laughs> Visit our website at www.eraoutmyshorts.com. Call our audio comment line. 30576 shows. That's 30576 shows, as in shows me your. Buy a raffle ticket. There's only one week left. Only one week left. Only one week left. Again, airhopemyshorts.com. <laughs> bye bye. Ciao. You've been listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Air out your shorts by sending your short stories to shorts at theitspot.com or visit us at our website at theitspot.com. Air out my shorts! My shorts! We're raffling off an original painting by me, the word whore. For only $25, you could own a little something I had my dirty, dirty hands all over all summer long. Every single penny goes directly towards paying for the fact that I still have both of those hands and can still almost sort of use the important one to continue to do what I do. Join us on Facebook for sneak peeks of the painting in progress. Visit our forum for a look at some of my past work. Tickets are on sale now at airoutmyshorts.com. Thank you and good luck. I can hear you Googling.